Update at noon, midday to 1 p.m. The National Institute for Communicable Diseases says that it has noted an upsurge in COVID-19 cases in the Northern Cape, the Northwest Province and the Free State. And senior epidemiologist at the NICD, Dr. Harry uh, Moultrie, says that NICD is working with the respective provinces uh, to ascertain exactly uh, what is going on and whether the rise in these cases can be attributed to cluster outbreaks. Now, Dr. Moultrie joins us now to tell us a little bit more about this. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. Welcome to update at noon. Thank you, Sagina. Good to be with you and your listeners. Should we be worried, Dr. Moultrie? It is cause for concern. Um, In those three particular provinces, we have seen a consistent increase in the percentage testing positive. That's the positivity rate amongst people tested for the last three to four weeks. And we've also seen in the last sort of two weeks of after the Easter period, um, some increases in, in, in detected cases. Um, while um, it is cause for concern, it is not yet cause for alarm, but we are watching the situation closely and working closely with provincial partners uh, to contain the situation. Dr. Moultrie, have you been able to ascertain the cause uh, for this particular rise in cases in the respective provinces, or is that something that you're still working on? Still working on it, um, but to some extent it does appear that in in each of the provinces the situation might be slightly different. In the Free State, it does seem to be partially a continuation of a slight upward trend in cases in the pre-Easter period, possibly uh, exacerbated by um, Easter gatherings. So in the post-Easter period, we've seen some acceleration in cases, though in the last few days that seems to have stabilized a little. Um, in our Free State counterparts have noted that they have uh, detected a few clusters um, possibly related to schools and other institutions, particularly in the Tabo Mufetsiane district. Um, in other areas, we are still working to ascertain whether this is um, sort of cluster break outbreaks uh, related to specific gatherings or, or, or a sort of a more generalized uptick in, in transmission as a result of uh, possibly sort of Easter, the Easter period. And uh, Dr. Moultrie, uh, you would know uh, there was a, a time when uh, there were uh, some talk, uh, there was some talk, um, at least in muted tones, about a possible third wave, uh, given that we are now approaching the winter season. In terms of what we are seeing, uh, not just in these three provinces, but overall, um, in terms of uh, the infection numbers, a rise uh, that we've seen in the last few weeks, because there was a time when we were recording under a thousand and now we're back to over a thousand. So is that something that uh, we should be looking at, uh, expecting a possible third wave this winter? It is certainly possible for a third wave to occur. It is not a foregone conclusion that it will happen. It's um, partly dependent on on a number of factors, including human behavior, social distancing, but as well as potentially some some minor influence of of, of seasonality of of the winter period might might increase transmission as people gather more indoors and and, and in closer contact with each other. Um, Our seroprevalence data, we're still awaiting the Human Sciences Research Council seroprevalence report, but it does appear that we still have um, potential to have a third wave in South Africa. The exact timing of when that might happen is difficult to project. It's difficult to predict human behavior. also potentially uh, could be driven by other factors such as um, additional variants or, or, or mutations.
mutations in, in, in the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So we continue to watch the situation closely. At the moment, though, I think it's important to note that I'm not seeing a, a clear indication of a national-level uh, third wave, um, any indication of that at a national level. We're seeing uh, some moderate increases, which are of concern in three specific provinces. But in our other provinces, there's very little indication of an increased case um, incidence um, and, and, and no indication at the moment of a national third and uh, Dr. Moultrie, just speaking about um, uh, variants and strains, uh, we look at what's happening in Brazil and India, for example, at the moment. And it's very scary. It almost takes us back to uh, the beginning when we were all so scared to just look at what is going on around the world. Looking at what's happening there, do we have our situation pretty much under control uh, with regard to knowing exactly uh, what variants we're dealing with and whether there are any further mutations? Um, the National Department of Health, together with a consortium which includes the NICD and uh, many other partners, has uh, greatly strengthened our ability to conduct uh, genomic surveillance of the virus. Um, we're putting in place a fairly... Uh, rapid and agile systems to, to, to uh, prioritize samples from specific areas where we might have some concerns. Um, so I believe that we are in a much better position now than we were at the beginning of the second wave uh, to identify um, if there have been uh, emergences of, of, of new, of new um, lineages or variants. Uh, at the moment, there's no cause for concern in that regard. And um, also, given uh, the approach of the colder months in South Africa, uh, there has been, an, uh, well, more people, let me put it that way, that I know I personally have been down uh, with the cold. So colds and flus, is it advisable for South Africans to take a flu shot uh, whilst we await the vaccine rollout program? Absolutely. The, the influenza uh, shot is still recommended uh, for populations at high risk, so the elderly, pregnant women, young children. Um, and, and certainly I would recommend uh, South Africans to avail themselves of, of, of getting the flu vaccine if they can. This is not a time to have a, a, a preventable um, respiratory uh, condition. Um, we, we don't want to burden the hospitals, so it, it is advisable um, to, to, to access the influenza virus uh, vaccine. If um, if people get the opportunity to obtain the, the COVID vaccine, I would strongly recommend they take up the opportunity and get themselves vaccinated uh, for COVID when that becomes available. And just a final question, Dr. Moultrie. Um, the president has announced October 27th as Election Day. And given that our vaccine rollout program um, is very slow, it's a bit of stop-start at the moment uh, for what we do have, uh, what are your thoughts regarding elections and still dealing with the pandemic? I think it's first important to note that the current uh, vaccine rollout program is actually a 3B study specifically targeting healthcare workers and the rate of um, rollout of the uh, t vaccine to date is no indication of what the rate of rollout will be going forward. Um, the Department of Health has put in place plans to access um, large quantities of vaccine from the middle of May and hopefully the vaccine rollout uh, will proceed rapidly um, over the next six months. 
turning towards the, the questions of the elections, I think that actual election date itself um, is quite manageable in that um, the queues and the wards and the queue marshals are able to, to somewhat uh, assist and maintain social distancing on election date. I think perhaps a, a consideration is, is how we safely allow campaigning to happen. Um, and I gather that there's a lot of discussion going on at the moment with regards to that. Dr. Maltry, thanks so much for your time. A senior epidemiologist at the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, uh, that's Dr. Harry Maltry.